is frozen. Yeah, she's Am frozen. I? Yeah, you're yeah. frozen, weirdo. You actually have a pretty nice smile right now. Yeah, it's actually really good. <laughs> just well, leave it like that. Just stick with that. Yes. <laughs> you're listening to the Learnings and Missteps podcast, where we intend to change the image of careers in the trades. We celebrate the real men and women who have built careers in the construction industry by bringing their personal stories straight to you. I began my career as a plumber's apprentice in the late 1900s. Over the last 26 years, I've had the fortune of meeting some of the most resilient, intelligent, and inspiring people who happen to be construction workers. My career path as a plumber has provided me with experiences and opportunities I thought were inaccessible. And I want you to know that the trades are a place where dreams can come true. These stories are brought to you by three brothers who share a mother. I am Jesse, your host. Our in-house writer is Ernest, a.k.a. La Voz. Hello. And our co-host, Renee. What's up? Y'all ready? Yes, sir. Dale. What's going on? Do you remember feeling like the decisions you made as a 16, 17, or 18-year-old were like nails being put into your coffin? Ms. D. Durant takes us through her decision-making as, as a young adult and really does a great job of reminding me what it felt like back when I was her age making a decision to build a career in the construction industry. This conversation is a perfect example of what a, a young adult should do in order to discover what it is that drives them as an individual. You're going to hear the early decisions she made that didn't stick. And maybe it's because she has nine lives. Or maybe it's just because that's the way life is. The world didn't end. And Dee also gives us just some straight talk about what we all could do to make our industry a more inclusive space. And I think if we all just apply a little bit of what Dee offers in this conversation, we could all make a big difference in the future. Oh, those of you that are interested in some exclusive content, early access to our episodes, and, and supporting the mission, we set up a Patreon account for y'all to contribute even more than you have so far. We've got four different levels. Any level that you sign up for will get you special recognition on the video version of these podcast episodes that we're now releasing on YouTube. We got a YouTube channel, baby. Watch out. We'd love to be able to share your name and let everybody else out there know that, that you're behind us. So you can find each of the four levels to sign up and contribute at patreon.com slash learnings and missteps. Uh, we love you guys. And here we go. All right. So here we are with Miss D. Durant, um, who is up in Canada. What part of Canada are you in right now, Miss D? Southern Ontario. Southern? So near Toronto. What's the weather like up there right now? You know, it's actually been really warm recently. Currently, because it's the morning, it's only five degrees uh, Celsius. Mm -hmm. um, but Recently, it's been actually quite warm. We've gotten up to like 10 and 11. So oh, wow. Really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell you're enjoying that. <laughs> See, I actually, I'm the weird one where I actually prefer the colder weather. Mm. Why? I find it so much easier to breathe. 
Be- uh, like, I know that sounds really, really weird, but negative 20, negative 30, all of that, it's actually warmer to like feeling than like negative five or negative 10 because the colder you get, the crisper it is. Mm-hmm. And it's the hum- it's like the moisture that really kind of gets you. So I, I actually really prefer a solid negative 25 night because the air is just so crisp. You can see so far. It's, it's incredible. So I'm trying to do some math because I don't know what the conversions are. <laughs> yeah, I was straight up going to ask you, was like, what is that in Fahrenheit? <laughs> we were actually taught how to convert, but of course I forgot that. In Fahrenheit, it's 39 degrees in Toronto right now. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, that's good weather. I like yeah. that. <clears throat> so we got to connect via Shannon Tomasco, who's who's like the ultimate networker. Yes. Uh, <laughs> super active on LinkedIn and, and more importantly, just a huge advocate um, mm-hmm. for, with and through kick ass careers. Yes. What do you what do you know about kick ass careers, D? Well, Kick-Ass Careers is absolutely incredible. It's founded by Jamie McMillan, um, and she's up here in Canada, but her business partner is actually in the States. So we're an international company. Um, We have ambassadors from the States, and we also have ambassadors from Canada. We are diverse in that way, and we're always looking to be more diverse. And currently, we have more female ambassadors than male, but we are actually... Um, both. We we don't just cater to women in the trades. We um, Our mission is just kind of to like end the stereotypes with uh, w- regarding the trades and and my entire journey into the trades was just covered in stereotypes. So mm. I'm very passionate about ending those stereotypes so that um, somebody else, whether you be uh, male, female, or or any, I, I, I don't know what um, right. all of them are right now. I, I don't want to be politically right. incorrect, but whatever you identify as, you can enter the trades and have that as a viable option instead of having it looked down upon. Sure. So that's mostly what we do at Kick-Ass Careers, and we like to start young. So Jamie um, is incredible at speaking. And she actually will start uh, doing presentations with kids in elementary school. So grades, oh, yeah. junior kindergarten to grade eight is what we usually have in up here in Canada. Um, so we don't really have middle schools. You can go to a middle school, but it's not really that popular. So we do presentations there. And then we also do a ton of presentations with high school students. So we cater more to letting kids know that you can go into the trades and and you can have um, a rewarding career and life from yes. the trades. That is yeah. noble work. And thank you, Dee, and everybody else at Kick-Ass Careers. It's doing that work. I started my career, the trades, in 1995. I wasn't uh, born. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. for that. <laughs> Years old. <laughs> um, I was born in 2000. <laughs> nice. That is so awesome. 
We might we might edit that out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I feel low down too. <laughs> it was how should I say? I knew I enjoyed the work, but it was very difficult, like in my head, mm-hmm. because everybody around me saw it as a failure. Oh my gosh, yes. And and you mentioned that you had to um overcome a bunch of stereotypes on your journey. Can you tell us about oh, some of that? Yeah. Yeah, so I just want to start off by saying my parents are incredible people. Um, my family is, my sister, I also have an older sister who I look up to so much. So they always supported me. So my stereotypes were actually from my schools. Ah. Um, so elementary school, it was never mentioned at all. And then I get into high school and we have this uh, assembly for the grade nines in high school. And it's just like, hey, these are what you can do. And the one thing about my high school specifically, I'm not sure if this is like an Ontario thing, but our levels of classes actually go university, college, and then like it goes down to like local. So. Um, if you're in university classes, you're the smart group. If you're in college, you're like, you can kind of get it, but like you're not university. Sure. And then anything under that, you're just, what are you doing with your life? That's the stereotype. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And, and that's really strong. And, um, that never really bothered me until I started considering the trades Mm. And and I dropped down to a college level class because I was all university. I'm actually like, I'm a geek, really. Mm. Like I'm an, I'm a not not a geek. I'm a nerd, um, okay. and I wear that title proudly because I love school. I love learning. If I'm not learning, then I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also why I love the trades because I'm always learning. So I dropped down from university to college because I had realized I'm not going to university. So why would I stress with that level of education when I could get a more practical education in the college level? So dropping down was actually really emotionally difficult for me. Mm. And, and it shouldn't have been because right. I, all of my friends were all in the university stream. I was with a bunch of people I had never taken classes with before and a bunch of people that this is going to sound really horrible, but I didn't really socialize with sure. because we're kind of led to believe that the university level students are better. We're higher up. Like it's literally a tiered system. Yep. Um, and that, looking back now that really bothers me but also why would you call it university level (laughs) like what's so special about university over college or even just trade school like trade school that would be considered uh probably local level knowledge like it's it's just it's built into the system yes and you don't realize it until you're out looking back Mm. so when i got uh, when I was in high school in the grade nine assembly, um, we were told about all of these career paths we could choose and and how to like focus on things. And um, we were taught the tier of, of classes and, and nobody really mentioned anything about the trades. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I never even considered it. Um, and then grade 12 came along. So, well, technically grade 11, because I started changing my career path in grade 11, but it was late grade 11. So nothing changed until grade 12. I was going to college open houses and I had gone to the Royal Military College here in, in uh, Ontario. And I had said, okay, I want I want to join the military, whatever, like, um, what do I have to do and all this. Um, and the reason I want to join the military is because both my parents are police officers. Oh. So I've always felt that, like, need to, like, serve and, and to, like, I love rules. Oh. <laughs> I know that's really weird, but I just, I love rules. I love guidelines. And I'm not a rule breaker at all. So if you give me a rule, then I will follow it to a T. That's why I was really kind of looking for that that discipline. And so I had gone to the military college because what is that other than discipline? Sure. So I, I thought for sure I would fit in. This is going to be great. And then I realized I missed out by 1% oh. on a grade. So... That was like my drive home. Of course, it was through a blizzard. Um, I was just kind of sitting in the car. and My parents were sitting up front and I was just so upset. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Mm. I'm in grade 11. I'm 16. <laughs> and um, It's over. You messed it up. My <laughs> life was over at 16. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was driving home and I was just looking out and this is so weird, but I remember being able to see the power lines. I was just sitting there and watching the snow come down. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, my dad's like, have you ever thought about the traits? Mm. I'm like, the what's? And um, because, you know, like the trades and I'm like, well, there's three trades, dad, like which one would I really be okay? Let's think about this. So I'm like construction. I don't like the smell of tar, so I can't really pave roads. So that's out. Um, Plumbing. Here comes my plumbing joke. I don't have the crack for it. Um, (laughs) And then electrical. I'm like, hmm, I could do electrical. And then. The only real reason I chose electrical for sure was because I asked, I was actually, before I switched to college, I was actually lined up to go to university for the study of meteorology. So I'm a huge weather nerd. I absolutely love the weather. And lightning is just an electric discharge. So I'm like, lightning, electricity. Yes, it's my soulmate. So. Then we started going to college open houses. I started going to those um, and I started talking with professors and and they were like, oh, do you like being outside? I'm like, yeah, of course I like being outside. Um, and they're like, are you afraid of heights? I'm like, nope, but I am afraid of falling. I was then recommended to go into the power line technician program at one of our colleges. So me not knowing anything about the about trades, I'm like, okay. So I signed up and um, I got in I went there and I did not like it at all. I enjoyed the theory. I loved doing all of that. But the climbing just it went so fast. The first day of climbing, I fell off the pole. 
And um, because they were teaching us how to uh, freehand climb. So they wouldn't let us use our belt um, to climb for the first little bit. But it had been raining for three days. And I am petite. I am am Mm 5'5". And I know that's like average for women. But compared to the guys I was with who are all like six seven like seven eight feet tall like their their (laughs) wingspan was was massive so they could easily hug the pool i could not touch my fingers Mm. around the pool so how am i supposed to free climb so and because it had been raining i slipped and i fell backwards ouch and um and that was really embarrassing for me and then all of this self-doubt comes in and then it just starts kind of eating away at you and I I never really enjoyed climbing um I fell behind very quickly because um believe it or not women and men don't have the same body Mm. um so men tend to be straight their hips are the same width as everything above and and women we were curvy right so Mm. um the belt did not fit me properly. So every time I fell, the belt would come up and it would catch me at my armpits oh. when it was supposed to stay right. um, around my hips. Sure. So imagine being 30, 40, 45 feet up and you're dangling yeah. uh, by your armpits. Oh, man. Not so... No, it, it was not fun. And now we come back to my fear of falling. Yes. So I'm like, I don't really want to fall right now. Like, I can look down, no problem. But it, it's when that happens, I'm like, okay, it's happening. I'm, I'm going to die. My life is over. <laughs> and um, Again, and your life is yeah, over My again. life is over again. <laughs> and um, so I'm like, I really don't want to die surrounded by a bunch of people I don't like. So I just climbed right back up, but I'm not a crier at all. I don't really cry. I'd like to think my tear ducts were taken out like at some point, but I was climbing up the pole and the instructor made everybody come down to my level and then climb up with me one step at a time. But guys, they can, they can have the belt at their feet and then pull it all the way up. But women, our center of balance is off, Mm. like compared to guys. So I could only have my belt at my uh, chest, and then I could only put it up like two or three inches. And so it took me a really long time, and I was really struggling. And then all of a sudden, I just started bawling, like 10 feet up in the middle of nowhere in this little tiny town called Ingersoll. And I was like, this is my life now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, it was it was raining. So nobody saw the tears streaming down my face. You had some cover. But my glasses, my safety glasses had fogged up. So I could not see what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I finally made it to the top. And then um, I went down and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Um, and I started getting anxiety attacks every wow. time I had to go to school um, for climbing, not for the theory. And I was like, I don't want to do this. 
And I was living away from home. I was actually living in a hotel because this city is so small that there wasn't a residence for this program. The residence was literally a hotel that gave us a deal. So I didn't have a kitchen. Everything I ate came out of a microwave and a little mini fridge that I'm still to this day convinced something died on. And that was basically it. So I started getting really, really sick. And I called my parents. I'm like, parents, I'm done. And, And they were like, are you kidding me? Like, no, you're not. Like, everybody goes through challenges and this and that. Like, you just have persevere. Like, you can do it. Giving me, like, so many motivational speeches. And I was just like, mm, no. Mm-mm. So, uh, <laughs> Not working. <laughs> no. So, I finally, my parents got in the car and drove down. And we all sat down in my hotel room. And I started crying again. And it was just like, what is my face is wet. What is happening? What is this so, stuff on my cheek? But I'm leaking. Something's <laughs> leaking. So I think my parents were just like, you know what? It's your life. Like, drop out if you want. It's your life. And then, so I did. I dropped out. And um, I finished off the semester. But I was now a college dropout, which comes back to my stereotypes of you're a college dropout. Your life is over. Um, you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? You're such a failure. Mm. And now I'm thinking, what am I doing? I, I should have gone to university. I should have listened to my guidance counselor who told me I'm ruining my life Mm. if, if I go into the trades. So I moved back home and I was so upset. I, I genuinely thought my life was over. Like, What am I going to do? I I have to go back to school now. I'm going to be a mature student, even though I was 18. Um, (laughs) But at that time, you're thinking, right? Like, I'm just older than everybody around me. And it's it's the end of the world. Yep. I'm a failure. Mm -hmm. So I started shadowing Jamie around um, a lot more to presentations. And I'm also a hockey ref. Ah, it to okay. the Canadian. So I started doing that and I started progressing with my raffing. So I was staying active um, and I was able to start doing higher level games. So I was like still doing stuff with my life. But like while all my high school friends were in in their universities and, and all of that, I was at home doing nothing. Mm. So I started thinking about things and then one day I was just like what am I doing like seriously like what am I doing with my life like I'm gonna be like 40 and still living here (laughs) and then uh I got this text from one of uh one of I I went to a women in trades kind of thing at one of our colleges and I had met this incredible female who's actually our newest ambassador on kick-ass careers name is andrea davidson highly recommend she's incredible and she had gone through this program at school and it was an electrical program and she texts me and she's like you know i I think you'd really like it and mind you i had met her once Mm. at this point and so i'm like screw it I've got nothing planned. So um, <laughs> I I signed up for it and I got accepted. And that is the program I will be graduating from in December. Woo-hoo! So 
I absolutely love the program. My fellow students are incredible. It's um, it's a it honestly in first semester we get introduced to residential wiring, residential theory, just your basic uh, DC calculations like that kind of stuff, and then they step it up in the second semester to industrial, the third is commercial, and then the fourth is putting everything together. So I'm currently in my third semester. And the reason I'm in my third and not my fourth right now is because I did a co-op. And I did a co-op at Bruce Power. And if you've ever heard of it, it's the world's largest nuclear plant that is up here in Canada. So I managed to somehow convince somebody to let me in. (laughs) Um, I did a co-op there, but because of COVID, my eight-month co-op was shortened to three. So I moved again, packed up everything and moved. And I was incredibly homesick for three out of three months. I didn't really feel like I was learning a lot because I, I wasn't allowed to touch anything like understandably now that I'm back at school I'm like hey I I saw that at at Bruce or like oh look at that transformer like (laughs) I know what that is so now I'm just like maybe I did learn something Um, and I'm actually really really excited to be going back for my final co-op COVID permitting that uh, will start in May so I'm really excited for that. And I'm actually going to be back with my old crew. So, oh, great. yeah, so I'm actually really excited to see them all again. And I am a very innocent person, to be okay. completely honest. I don't, I don't really know much about the parties and mm. the party language. Um, Party language. Well, because you you follow rules, right? I follow rules. (laughs) I never drank underage. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I don't do any of that. So when 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 people are talking about like all of their stories, all of their, I remember when I was your age, and Mm -hmm. uh, I went to all these parties. I'm like. I went to one party in high school, and that's because my mom made me go. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was it's actually really funny. This is the dynamic yes. at this point, which is my mom was like, you should go to that party because I was invited by the popular girl. Mm. And I was in grade 12, and I'm like, mm, no, it's past my bedtime. Um, and she goes, <laughs> okay, well, it, it's 12. Like, it's 12 o'clock. You can go don't have to stay for long i'm like mom there's gonna be drugs there (laughs) people are gonna be drinking what are you saying no um and she's like oh my gosh t just go to one party just one and and we'll come get you it's not a big deal like you're a smart young female like you know that drugs are bad and and yeah. drinking and driving is bad. And so I'm like, okay, well, can I bring somebody? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I brought my boyfriend at the time who his mom was a police officer as well. So we kind of had the same mentality of drugs are bad. Right. Don't do drugs. And we both just kind of stood there surrounded by a bunch of high and drunk people dancing around a fire. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, mm-mm. Mm-mm. This is this is a bad situation. So I got uh, my boyfriend to drive me back home, and then I just started throwing up because I was so anxious. 
oh, because really? that okay. situation made me have an anxiety attack. Wow. That's that's how much I find comfort in rules. So yeah, I mean that's that's basically my life story. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know the the whole challenge with parties and and following rules. Like that's my story exactly. Yeah. Right, Renee. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I but I can appreciate it. I think it it says a lot. The effect that it had on you being at that party in that environment really, really is got you off center yeah. and to the point of making you feel sick. And it kind of makes me think. So you have a deep appreciation for rules and and you know guidelines and structure. What do you think about inspectors being an inspector? Would that be something that fits? Honestly, probably maybe later on in life though. Okay. Like I want I want to be able to like have 20 or 30 years experience so I can be like come on, I know that I know you can do this rule. Like it's just you're just being lazy. It's something that I have considered but not right out of the gate because I don't have that street cred. Ah, and and <laughs> you you say that, and for for a lot of our listeners that are in the industry, they completely understand what you mean when you say street cred. And for those of you out out there that don't understand that, like in the industry, you got to have that street cred. People yeah. are testing you all the time. Do you have any experience with the when you were doing your co op where they were really kind of testing to see how much you were willing to take or how far they could go before you snap back? Um, see, the funny thing about that is I will snap back immediately Good. with a snarky comment. Yes. Um, so we found out very quickly that if anybody made a borderline comment to me, I would fully, like, uno reverse that um, right back into their face. So I think that really kind of gained some respect, yes. but also, um, I think the one thing I heard the most, because I have to be evaluated by my peers as part of co-op. So the one thing I heard the most was that, um, they appreciated the fact that I would walk in and say, I don't know anything. I don't know what you're doing. Mm. I don't, even if I do, I don't know. So tell me. I'm here to learn. Please tell me how much um, how much you know. Like, yeah. and I brought a notebook with me. Like, I brought a notepad oh, wow. and I wrote down. Um, I wrote down what I did that day. I wrote down the cable I pulled. Like, I was pulling with my crew. I wrote down um, if I saw a transformer leaking, like what it did look like. Like, I I just and I think that kind of it it kind of put some people off at first yep. because now we come back to the inspector kind of thing i'm yep. walking around following them with a notepad writing down what yep. they're doing <laughs> so once they realize that i'm not an inspector i'm not like undercover boss um <laughs> and i was just genuinely trying to remember and learn everything then they started like really kind of explaining things so i could write it all down and and they were absolutely incredible. I only ran into one person who said something a little off-putting. Um, and then once the rest of my crew found out about it, they lost it. 
So they were, they were actually very protective of me. And I think it comes back to this innocence because I just kind of walk around like, oh, that's cool. Like, um, oh, what do you mean by that? And they have to like really spell stuff out to me. And I think that because I'm their kid's age, right? Of course. So it's like, if you had a daughter, like I'm your daughter's age. So would you really want your daughter to be treated like this. So I think that was the kind of treatment I was given. And it's funny because I don't really swear. Mm. So like strong words. I don't say strong words. I'll say like ass. But (laughs) deviant. I know. It's also on my hoodie right now. But but it's funny because I don't swear. And the trades are full of people who swear. Every time I walk into a room, everybody apologizes to me, Canada, apologizes to me for swearing. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, it's okay. I just don't say it. I don't care if you say it. Like, you can go say the F shot. Cool. It's like their their way of of showing respect, right? Yeah. A- after the fact, of course. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. My bad. Don't let it slip. Sorry. And, oops, yep. sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I okay. think that's important to to highlight that because I guess for me, when I when I first walked on the job site back before both of y'all were born, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it was. For me, it was heavenly because I could swear and nobody, yeah. nobody noticed, nobody paid attention to it. But what that does for some people, they get this idea that, you know, uh, trades workers, craft workers are just ignorant and, and they don't have any respect for each classless. other. Thank you. Perfect word, right? Classless. Yes. And once you're in the group, I mean, you said it, right? They will defend you to the end they will protect you and and yes you know uh the vocabulary we use is maybe not as filtered as is in some uh industries or professions yeah but there is an absolute level of class that you're not going to find anywhere else no. not like the trades it's it's it, it's a uh, i don't know what to call it it's like a camaraderie it's a family type feel uh, it's mostly known as a brotherhood there you go well, but, but, that's, but that's changing yes. because not all of us identify as male. Yeah, no, I think that's that's the word right now that would make the greatest impact is, is saying brotherhood, but mm. with a little asterisk next to it saying probably going to change in the future. But that's the other thing is, um, yeah, I'm a female um, and and yeah, I I I. Um, I don't identify as a male, so if you call me he, I'm not going to turn around and look. Of course. But at the same time, if something, if you're a journeyman or a journeyman, I'm not offended. Right. Call me a journeyman. Call me whatever. Um, like, it's a name. Right. It, it doesn't mean a gender. Yep. It's a title. Yes. So... I'm not one of those people who is, who are out to change the world and make it absolutely and utterly equal. I think once you can accept the fact that the, nothing in this world will ever be completely equal, then then you can actually start moving towards equality. Yes. Because um, 
should women be able to be to be in the trade industry? Yes, hands down, we can do it. Yep. Um, sometimes we can do it better. But right. I'm not saying we're better, therefore we need to be equal. No. We're human, therefore we need to be equal. Correct. Like it's it's just the change of the mindset a little bit. Um and and that I think that is what is going to make the biggest impact. Um and and I'm starting to see a little bit of it, but we have a long way to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I, again, <clears throat> I've been able to see it change quite dramatically. So from my perspective, having started, you know, back before the year started with a two, th if I saw a woman on the job site, she was she was the secretary for the GC. Yep. Now, I say that with the caveat of she may have been the project manager, but everybody's brain said, oh, she's the secretary. Yep. Uh, you never expect so, her to be the boss. You got it. And. Yep. And so fast forward to now, I mean, there's women at all levels with every trade out there in the field, making it happen, managing the work, like the whole deal. And, you know, on one hand, it's exciting for me to see that, right? See the amazing women that are out there doing it and putting up with the extra BS that you have to put up with. Um, and when I say have to, I don't mean that that's okay. I mean that that's what it is. We have to at this point. At we, this we point, we have to right, put up with it. You got to tolerate it and and push through it. Um, and we're working to change that. Mm -hmm. uh, but so tremendous gains. But we got so yeah. much work to do to where it's um, how should I say this? Where craft workers get over the idea that women don't belong in the mm -hmm. trades or employers open their mind and say, why am I not actively recruiting women? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough people to do the damn work we got. And all I'm focused on is dudes. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, it's a real gap. It's a huge opportunity out there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's also really sad when I hear about my um, school, my classmates, um, when who happen to be female and they go for a job interview for a co-op and they're mm -hmm. asked if they will sleep with all of the guys that's not in okay. the interview so if we hire you are you going to sleep around and they ask that in the interview to somebody a little older than me and by oh, so a little i'm like they're not asking like sharing a dorm. They're talking about like full out. Are you going to sleep with the guys? Because that'll ruin my cruise dynamic. You're uh, going to ruin everything. That's just. Ignorant. And that was to a co-op student. So a school student. Yeah. Wow. Um, I also had somebody um ask another female classmate of mine um they said oh are you here for the secretary position mm. and she said no i'm i'm here to for the um co-op position to be like the, on the tools in the actual trade she goes um and and they said mm, maybe you should apply for the secretary position wow yeah that well, was what you say i have a question yeah so I was talking to a fan the other day, 
a fan of the podcast, the Learning the Missteps podcast. And he was giving me some critique, if you will. And he mentioned the culture of the trades and mm -hmm. how it's currently a brotherhood, right? Mm -hmm. And he actually said that we should interview less women because we are, our audience is mostly men. Mm -hmm. uh, totally untrue. And that we're kind of just screaming into the Alps right now about women because because mm -hmm. according to him there is no women listening and they are not even interested in going into the careers in the trades so how would you <laughs> respond to that i would respond to that in the most respectful way possible um by just saying honestly i respectfully disagree it's it you can't see everybody who's listening or watching this you can't I would ask for the statistics that he has um, that we don't, apparently. Um, <laughs> I, I would like to see the facts. And, and with regards to the trades, yeah, in the skilled trades, there's like 2 or 3% women. But that's kind of mean to the 2 or 3%. And yeah. what about all their kids? And what about their friends and what about the little girl who who loves watching the the construction workers every time they they drive by or, or mm. are you really going to say that there is absolutely no shot for any female to ever be in the trades wow. like that's that's just that's just not accurate honestly everybody has their own opinion and i'm not out here to scream in your face saying I'm a female in the trades oh my gosh on like worship me I'm not like <laughs> but this actually brings me back to International Women's Day uh -oh. and yeah I think it's really important that we have an International Women's Day because you know women couldn't vote women weren't considered humans like we weren't considered people we were considered objects um obviously that is not the case now for the most part but uh, that's that's why there's an international women's say it's not a day for women to be like oh my gosh woe is me like worship me um because that day yes it says international women's day but it's also a day for guys for men who who support women like like you guys should be happy on that day oh, because yeah. and you I celebrate you on that day because without the support from uh, males and others, then how is it that we can really truly make a difference of equality? Because how can how how can 52% of the population think, okay, yeah, let's be equal, and the other 50 don't? Like it, equality is 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 a mindset, and it doesn't matter what you identify as to be considered equal or to think equality is okay. So in my honest opinion, I don't care what you identify as. I don't care what you look like. I don't, I don't care if, if you can do the work, if you can do the work safely, then I'll work next to you. Like, and, and I'll work with you. So I know that's not the mindset of everybody, but in my experience, that's the mindset of, 
majority of people in the trades. And that's why there's change. The other point, the other side of it is we are intentionally interviewing women Mm-hmm. Uh, on our podcast, because again, what's the purpose of this podcast? To change the image of careers in the trades. I think we're probably have, we've interviewed more women than we have men in the trades thus far. Mm-hmm. And my plan is to continue to do that because like, I mean, just what you just said right now, you know how many women, young ladies out there need to hear that? I mean, you've, you, I'm sure you felt it. You felt yeah. at some point a little alone, a little lost, a little unsure. Very much so. In and high school, I felt like that. Exactly. And so to be able to hear how you just replied with the passion and 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 like the matter of fact statements that you made, like they need that. We all need that. I don't waste time. I tell it the way it is. Yes, yes. We need that 100%. Um, so we're going to continue to do it. We love the feedback, but we're going to continue to 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 interview women. We're also going to be interviewing men. And the whole purpose is to change the image of careers in the trades. And I think you're you're doing that. You know, when you were talking about the way you walked around taking your notes yeah. and like what you learned and what you did. And, you know, I know Renee here when his he tried he was working as a sheet metal apprentice okay a while back and i'm pretty sure he didn't approach his work that way <laughs> i actually did did you really I actually did yeah awesome and so <laughs> but like, then that's... i got called out like just like you as the undercover yeah. boss too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and that kind of behavior like active learning taking notes or the 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 um, the humility that you displayed by saying, look, I don't know anything. Nah. Please teach me, show me, because I don't, I just don't know. And I want to learn. I mean, if it would be amazing for every apprentice to come to work with that attitude, it yeah. would change things entirely. And so the, the fact that that's the way you roll like you're already making a difference for for all the other ladies behind you because yeah. you've planted that seed in those people's head. Like, man, we had a young lady and no, man, she was serious. She was like taking notes and it's a different thing. So I applaud you for the way you uh, have been approaching your career thus far. I mean, you got your books stacked up around you there at the I house. <laughs> and, um, I imagine that you spend a lot of time studying them. 15 uh, to 20 hours a day. Son of a gun. There you go. It's serious. It's serious. Um, and it'll become second nature at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> and you're an advocate for the trades and, and a, be- a perfect model for women in the trades. Like, you got it going on, sister. <laughs> you got it. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. Thank you. Uh, keep it up. What do you want our audience to know about you? Well, you already know my life story. You know yes. I'm extremely dramatic. Um, <laughs> died six times already. I have died six times already. Um, and uh, honestly, I just, I, I work hard to prove to myself that I can do it. And I'm the first person in my family and extended family and extended extended family to get into the traits. Wow. So I literally know nothing 
about mm. trees. I was writing a test the other day and I had to message my teacher and ask them, what a mason, what's the masonry trade do? So uh, I, I really don't know anything. Honestly, the only thing you really know, need to know about me is I want to learn. When I'm not studying for my 15 to 20 hours a day, which is legit, like if I wasn't doing this right now, I'd be studying. But I, I want to learn. Um, and I think that's what sets me apart from other people is my my burning desire to know things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm not studying, I'm a nerd. Yeah. I full out am because I watch educational videos on YouTube. That's nice. how I pass my time. I'm really into astronomy. So I'm... I'm watching all these videos about black holes and dark matter and all of this. And, and then I message my friend who, who she's amazing. She's incredible. She's part of my program as well. Um, but uh, she, she'll call it the way it is. She's like, do you're a nerd. You know, this is why I don't like talking to you because you ruined <laughs> my entire perspective on life. And I'm like, you're welcome. Um, so like, I, I really just love to learn. And if you have something, anything to offer me, you will have as much attention as I can possibly give you. If I can give you any of my attention, I will. And I think that's the other thing that really kind of shocked my crew back at my co-op was because they would, in in downtimes, they would talk to me about their lives. They would say, oh, my my wife and I went bicycle riding and she fell and she's a little sore. And, and a couple of days later, I'd be like, oh, hey, how's your wife? Like, yeah. and they're like, you remember oh. that? Mm. Or or if someone in their family was having a surgical procedure, like I would be like, hey, like how did that go? Or did it happen or whatever? Like I, I was genuinely interested in my, in my um, colleagues. Like I wanted to know how they're doing because i think the more the more you can be human in in a place where you stand out yes then the more people realize you're a human just like me one thing about bruce power is they're incredibly diverse they are actively trying to hire minorities so we actually have um an indigenous program for our indigenous people of Canada and and it's incredible because our communities are not where they should be. We we should be helping them more. We should be working with them more and and the fact that Bruce has acknowledged that yes, we're on I'm so I don't know the territory's name, but every time there's a presentation they acknowledge that. Yeah. And every time we do something like we acknowledge this and we acknowledge that and and we have programs set up to get more people in that community to work and and make money and, and have a better life. The the uh, reserve around where I currently am right now doesn't have clean drinking water. Mm. And that's not OK. No, it's not OK. So that's that's like the thing is, is the more diverse we can be in the communities and in, in work site, like job sites and all of that, then, then the better the community around will be. Yes. So yes, construction workers are looked down upon 
right now, but really you have no idea the impact that that job has on people's lives. Construction workers, they're the ones that are going to eventually create the clean drinking water where there already should be, may I note. They're the ones that actually put it there. They're, they're the ones that make the money to bring back to their families to give them a better life. It, like the trade, the trade means so much more than people will ever give it credit for. Yes. And, and I, I challenge people to look anywhere and, and say, I can't find any trades here. Like, walk down downtown of whatever city you're in and tell me you don't see a trade you're mm-hmm. you're listening to something right now or you're watching something right now well guess what there's a trade you want to charge your phone there's electricity there's mm-hmm. electrical trade you want to go to the washroom and flush your toilet there's plumbing you want like mm-hmm. oh you're a little warm put your ac on there's hvac like i think that's what what has the most impact on kids mm. is can you go up to a kid and say, hey, do you know what the trades are? Most likely in my area, they would say no. But I, I would say, hey, do you know how to turn the lights on? Or like, hey, you're sitting in school right now. Look around you. And I'm going to list all the trades that, that were in here, yeah. like that built the place you're sitting. That's really cool. And And one thing that Jamie says a lot is, which is incredibly true, is, Traits, traits are everywhere, even in outer space. Mm-hmm. So, like, the space wow. station need needs needed trades to build it. All of these rockets needed trades to build it. Like the physical building of things is trades. Yeah. So how can that not be an honorable career? Yeah. Honorable with a U, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <With a> U. <laughs> <laughs> just want to make sure that we all know it's spelled with a U. Got it. Um, and I'm truly baffled by by the perspective of people in the trades. Like, oh, you couldn't cut it in university? Mm, trying to trade. Right. Well, that's not how it works. People don't know. Right? Yeah. They, they, people will give them, let's, let's be nice and give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't know how I didn't. much. You had no idea how I much had, you had. I still have no idea. <laughs> I'm still learning. Yes, 15, 20 hours a day. I mean, that's I, I, tr- I know that that's not an exaggeration. I remember when I was in my apprenticeship, there was a journeyman that worked for the company at the time. And that dude like knew so much. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to school. I'm working during the day, going to school, learning you know, my trade. And I was studying more than my classmates. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was OK. Like, I'm not doing them, but him, I'm like, dude, I'm never going to catch that guy. Mm-hmm. And so one day I asked, like, Juan, like, well, how do you know all this stuff? He's like, Jess, this is my job. This is my career. This is how I make a living and support my family. So I learn as much as I possibly can about our trade and it's constantly evolving there's new technologies, there's new tools, there's new methods. I got to stay on top of this stuff if I want to be on top of my game. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, I thought I had it going on, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I got to catch up to, to Papa Juan there. 
there's a lot, there's just so much to learn. It's not, it's not like you just show up to work and you're going to make decent money and just kind of coast through the day. Like it's, it's physically and mentally taxing and you've oh, got yeah. to be equipped to handle <clears throat> it. It's not a, it's not a mindless job, which Absolutely. is what I think some people think it is. And yes. I'm, and I'm, I'm saying that because I thought that's what it was. Mm. I thought, oh, you're in construction. Well, I see a bunch of construction people watching this big machine like tar down. I could do that. What are you kidding me? Or like electrical, it's a bunch of colors match the colors. Like I can do that. But there's <laughs> so much more yes. than than what people see. And and one thing that that's really stuck with me is when I was in the power line program, they they said people are going to think that you do nothing because mm -hmm. we have tailboard talks. We have, which is every morning or every time you go to a job site, you have to get the safety brief. So yeah, yes. we're all going to be standing around with our coffee talking. And if someone drives by, they're going to be like, are you kidding me? This is what my money goes towards. And that's the perspective. Why would somebody who's going to work at like Dunder Mifflin or something, why would they, they think, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> why would they think, oh, I wonder what they're talking about. Oh, it must be safety. Like, like no one thinks like that um, unless you know what's happening. Right. And, and when somebody's physically climbing a pole, there needs to be at least one spotter at the bottom, yes. which means there's a guy or female or whatever um, standing at the bottom looking up and watching somebody climb a pole. Yep. Like, come on. Of course yeah. people are going to think that you don't have to do anything in the trades. But until you know somebody in the trades or you experienced it, then you will understand how smart you actually have to be to be in the trades. But I love it. Like, for example, in my line of work, I'm a leak detection technician, right? Mm -hmm. So we detect, our goal is to proactively find leaks before they surface. And I'll show up to an address and there's a puddle of water. And that's been reported that it's been there, sitting there for, you know, a couple of weeks. And it hasn't rained, so we think it's a leak, right? The customers see it, they drive by it every day, it splashes their car, and they're like, well, there's a leak here. Why doesn't water utility company fix it? Mm -hmm. So they call me, right? I go over there, and I set up the LC2500. I totally know what you're talking about. This place. <laughs> the LC2500 is what we refer to as a, it's a correlator. It has two stations. It has one that you set up on a mainline valve up the uphill from the leak and another water asset downhill from the leak. And there's another yellow box that we refer to as the brain. And that's where you analyze the histogram that it's collecting. Mm -hmm. So it runs a scan underground on the water column. So all <laughs> they see is a guy standing out next to the puddle looking at a yellow box and like where's your shovel where's the backhoe where's the crew what are you doing I'm, you know what I'm saying like, yeah there's I'm just thinking I'm just visualizing you staring at a puddle on the side <laughs> of the or something you're like 
That would totally be me. I would be like staring hardcore at that puddle. But is that water? Or hmm, maybe, maybe, oh my gosh, maybe it's deuterium or tritium, which is radioactive water, by the way. Um, see, the funny thing is, though, is at, at Bruce or any nuclear plant for that matter, if you see a puddle of water, you run the other way. Because uh, it, it, because we deal with uh, radiation and radiation can be in water. And uh, tritium, for example, is radioactive water. It can be absorbed in your skin. And um, so if you see a puddle and you don't know if it's lake water or drinking water or somebody spilt something or if it's deuterium or tritium, like you, you run until you know. I, I just find it really funny because I can just imagine people staring at a puddle. And you know what's even funnier is that so after I'm done with my correlator, right, I mark an X with some paint on the street and to tell a, a crew to dig there. And then I get in my my truck and I sit on the laptop to make the work order for a while. So it's even more funnier because the customer, they're looking at me and they're like, wait, you're just gonna draw an X and not fix it? And then get on your laptop for 15 minutes and then <laughs> drive hilarious. away? <laughs> Sorry guys, I gotta play Minecraft. Like, come on, who do you think I am? Exactly. what are you I know we joke about it, but that's genuinely what some people think. Out of no fault of my parents or or family or whatever, like that's what I thought. Because how would they know? I have nobody in my family who's in the trades. Mm -hmm. How would any of them say, oh, you know, that's that thing that does the beeping and yeah, no, that's safety. They're they're working really hard. How how would they know that? That's why I think it's so important to get the trades into the school curriculums. Have kids understand that the trades are a viable option. Ask a kid what a doctor does. Like, mm -hmm. they'll tell you. You should be able to ask, ask a kid, what does an electrician, like, like, not like, what does a specialized puddle watcher do like you know <laughs> like you don't have to get extremely technical but for the most part you should be able to ask students what they do yeah and and they should be able to give you a reasonable answer so i think that it's really important for that to happen and and if we can as a culture change the mindset of oh you need to be a doctor you need to be a lawyer or what i've heard is i need to marry a doctor or yeah. i need to marry a lawyer um like if actually it's funny my dad always says i need to marry a hockey player out of jokes uh, yeah. but um <laughs> it's completely joking but i love that we always think of those as honorable careers and yeah. and we need to change that because Yes, you can be a doctor, that's honorable, but so is making the hospital. Yes. Like, how can you have a doctor without a hospital or or an office or whatever? Like, you, you, like the trades are the backbone of society. We're the backbone of the economy. We're, we're the skeleton of, of the system. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm stealing something off of Jamie because she's an iron worker. And she explains 
ironworking to these really young kids with terms that they understand. Like, how are you standing right now? You have bones inside of you. Well, I make the bones for the really big buildings. Like, it's not hard if you if if you can speak a language that they understand, yep. then they will learn. Why do you think in schools um, there really isn't like an appetite yet to talk about trade workers in that light? Like, for example, the the iron worker uh, reframing it as bones to a human body like you know we have all those that language to talk about like maybe like an astronaut or something mm -hmm. but why don't you why do you think we don't really have those kinds of conversations with kids i think that has something to do with pop culture because how many doctor tv shows are there mm -hmm. how many movies are made about astronauts how many lawyers are super cool and changing the world on TV. Can you name one TV show or movie show? I can name one, but can you name one that is about a construction worker? Bob the Builder. Well, That's see, one. I wasn't, I was going to the Lego movie because uh, I really uh, am a child at heart, but that Lego movie is actually a lot more impactful than I think people realize. Because Emmett, the main Lego person character, was a construction worker and he was a nobody. And he went to work every day. And like they could have had this character doing anything. But the fact that they chose a construction worker, I think that will start changing the culture because now kids are going to want to dress up as Emmett, who mm. is a construction worker. Uh, they're going to look up to Emmett because he ends up saving the world. Like, spoiler alert, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff like that that we need to see more of. I love Bob the Builder uh, growing up. You know what else I really liked was um, Mighty Machines. That might have been just like a, a Canadian thing because we have our own Canadian um, TV shows up here. Um, but it was really incredible. And it's it's kind of funny thinking back to it of how silly it is. But they would just film a construction site. They would just film it, no speaking, nothing. And then they would go back and voice over and they'd have the big dump trucks speaking to each other. But it's not animated. It's oh, a wow. legit, like, construction site. It's a legit, like, tractor or or a big machine. And, and they just get people to voice over and they have conversations about what they do. And, nice. and it's called Mighty Machines. So many trades people, craft workers out there. What I would like is for each individual to take ownership as an ambassador of the trades of this industry and and represent right like just straight that's it represent i mean you are going above and beyond with kick-ass careers and being on this podcast and all, everything that you do and there's a ton of us that are doing this type of work that have the same kind of sentiment and feeling but what are we all doing to change that image mm-hmm yeah and and i think the impact like 
this can clearly be seen how moldable kids are mm -hmm. because how many people in the trades do you know that have a parent or any member of their family in the trades? Right. Yeah. They grew up with that. They yep. grew up with their dad in the shop or they grew up watching their mom fix a car or, or whatever. I didn't, mm -hmm. I did not. And I made my decision really late. And that was only after my dad uh, said, have you thought about the trades? Yeah. That's the only reason I considered it was because my parents said that it was okay. Yep. And if you want to get more people in the trades, then you have to reach out to the people who don't have family in the trades. Mm. You really need to have Jamie on. She's really smart. One thing that she's always saying is, how much do you get paid to go to school? Well, you don't get paid to go to mm -hmm. high school or elementary school. And they're like, okay, well, what if I gave you 20 bucks a day to show up? And all these kids start screaming, oh, let's do it. And then Jamie goes, okay, okay. Well, that's cool and all, but what if I gave you $20 an hour? And then they're like, oh, what? They're like, that's not possible. Yeah, it is. Just be an apprentice. You get paid to learn. You get paid to go to school. Make 20 bucks an hour. If you can tell them something they'll understand and get excited about, then yes. why would they not consider it? Here's a tough question, Misty. Uh-oh. So for the, for the young ladies that are going to be following in your footsteps, what kind of guidance or advice do you have for them on dealing with self-doubt? Oof. <laughs> Okay, strap in, boys. Um, <laughs> so, honestly, just understand that you will experience self-doubt. I still do. And one thing that's kind of written in, in the culture right now for women is we need to be pretty and quiet. And we need to make sure that we're, we're not making a big deal. We're not screaming in people's faces. We cannot show our emotions. Mm. I, if I get frustrated at work, I cannot show that I'm frustrated like a guy can. They can, they can scream or whatever, get their frustration out and move on. If I did that or if I threw something or whatever, like I, I am under so much scrutiny just because I'm a female. And, and so, if you understand that you may not go through that or you may go through that, but either way, you will doubt yourself. You will think, maybe I should have been a secretary. Like, as long as you are okay with yourself, then it doesn't really matter if other people are okay with you. Mm. If, if I am okay being a female in the trades and I'm okay with who I am and I'm okay with not talking about my sex life at work. It doesn't really matter if the rest of my crew talks about all the chicks they hung out with. <laughs> um, you will be different yeah. and you need to be okay with being yourself. So me, I am 
sarcastic and dramatic and and I don't really think before I speak but but I'm okay with that like there's I'd like to think there's a little bit of charm that goes with that um at least that's what I tell myself don't lose your femininity Mm. like if you want to paint your nails then paint your nails as long as you're safe you should be able to have pink tools and not be discriminated against. Um, I know somebody who was wearing a pink shirt and was called into the office and was told, why are you trying to distract all the guys and flaunt your body around? And that was all over a pink shirt. You should be able to wear a pink shirt. Mm -hmm. You should be okay with wearing a pink shirt. Yes, it it will be tough at times because you're not going to know who to talk to. If you're having female issues, who do you talk to if you're caught off guard if if your aunt flo comes visits you like a little early mm-hmm. and like you can't really go up to a guy and be like hey you, you got the package like you you want to do a little <laughs> deal here like you can't really do that so, but as long as you're okay with with that for the time being there will be a time where there will be more than one female at a job site and And I know that this conversation might be very uncomfortable to have, but I think job sites really do need to have sanitary products for women available. Bruce has them in every female washroom. Bruce has them. And it is incredible. Um, It caught me completely off guard because I had never seen that before. But I think that should be a standard because if you're the only female and and you're not ready now, what are you going to do? Honestly, just don't lose who you are. That's yeah. that's all I really have to say. Like, you're going to want to fit in with the guys, but you don't have to be a guy to fit in with the guys. So that was an easy question. Now I'm going to ask you the hard one. What fingerprint do you intend to leave on the world? <laughs> I thought you were talking about my actual <laughs> fingerprint. <laughs> I just looked right down. I'm like, oh, my click of my finger. It's a little dry. Um <laughs> Fingerprint. Um, honestly, I just want to leave it a better place than I found it. And mm. and that I know that's so cheesy and how many how many people have said that, but the stories and the experience that I know of, I know that there's still people who are being paid and uh, not equally. Mm. Um, I know that there's still people who are dealing with sexual harassment at the job site. Um, or assault or, or whatever. I know that is happening. Just honestly, I just want it to be a little easier for the next person. Mm. If I have you ever done cross country skiing? No. Okay. Well, it's really fun. But um, if if it is just snowed and you're cross country skiing, you're the first person making that path, ah. and then the person behind you is it's a little easier because you're in the tread of the cross-country skier in front of you, but it's still kind of fresh, it's not compact. And then it gets a little easier every single time because it gets more compact, the snow gets more compact and it gets starts becoming really um, icy. So that's, that's kind of the mentality I have. Like I may not be the first skier like in the, in the path, but being the second or third, like you're still doing something. 
um, and everyone behind you will have it a little easier to ex to go through what you went through and not have to deal with the same amount of challenges. And as long as as long as I can make it a little easier for someone or or I've um, been able to help somebody realize that, hey, maybe I don't want to go to university or if you're as distracted as me, then then maybe it's OK that I didn't get into university. Some people, they don't they don't get in and then they feel like a failure, mm -hmm. but you're not a failure just because you don't get into some fancy school like that doesn't mean that that you're not smart. And right. and I think it's just reminding people about that fact that, um, yes, you can be smart and not go to school. Mm. Like, think about all those people who have a super luxurious life that never went to post-secondary school. Mm -hmm. So if they can do it, why can't you? Oh, like, yeah. seriously, why can't you do it? What is stopping you from making that choice other than yourself? Because, yes, it will be difficult. Yes, the path is not going to be straight. It's going to be very windy and curvy and ups and downs, but there is always a path. And if you just remember who you are and what you want, then you're going to have a successful life no matter what. Did you write all that down, Renee? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I mean, you said you're going to be 21 here in the near future. Mm. Uh, just think of the year it is and that's how old I'll be because I was born in 2000 ah okay you've got this tremendous wisdom about oh. you and, and thank you for sharing that with us in our audience I think it has a lot to do with the number of times your life has ended I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah I'm very traumatized by that but it seems to be working out well and I think you're my experience is people that are are lifelong learners like yourself and share their gifts and talents with their the people around them, those people have amazing lives. And so I suspect that yours is going to be pretty damn awesome. Well, if the Leafs ever win a cup, it will be. But <laughs> This has been a super fun conversation. It really has. Yes. Uh, Renee, you got any last thoughts or comments? Yeah, I really, 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 and I know that fan. I'm going to run into him and he's going to listen to this episode. And I want him to look me in the face and with all your qualities, your humility, your insight, your ability to see forest from the trees, you know, like your, your talent, your drive. I want him to look me in the face and tell me he wouldn't want you on our team. That's Ooh. BS. And if we're not <laughs> speaking to women, we are missing out on people like you. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. I I feel like if I had tear ducts, I might actually <laughs> well up a little bit. But um, that that truly means a lot. Um, and And although I may be a strong independent female it still means the world to me when um somebody of the opposite gender um is willing to stand up and that actually happened to me for the first time in my entire life yesterday 
And if you see inequality, but specifically the power that a man holds that they don't know, like one word to somebody or or a little, hey, stop. Like, yeah. like that has so much power that you don't realize. And that's what happened yesterday. Mm. And I was so taken aback by that, that I, I went up to the guy after and I said, thank you, but why? Why did you do that? Like, why would you stand up for me? And and, he's, and he just said, well, that's not right. It's not right. And And I think that the people, the men like that, who are willing to take a stand for something that is wrong, those are pe- those are people who will change the world silently. Mm. So, my advice to guys out there: if you see something, say something. Boom. That's it. Yes, see something, say something. Let's leave it better than we found it. Keep making the world awesome, D. Thank you, and keep raising awareness. Keep shedding lights on yes. us, on us tradies. Yes, ma'am. We'll do. Man, Renee, that was a pretty fun conversation with Ms. D, huh? Yeah, definitely another banger. Oh, man, she's got fantastic insight, personality. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of people we need out there advocating for the trades the way she does with kick-ass careers. Now it's time for, for some shout-out. Who are we going to recognize today, Renee? Shout-out to T. Dolphin, who says, I enjoyed the podcast. It's very relatable and shines a light on the construction industry that I don't hear very often. Mix that with personal takes. It makes for great listening. Thank you, T. Dolphin. That really means a lot because that's exactly what we're trying to do here. We're trying to shed this light that it's not talked about very often. And you nailed it. You nailed what our goal is. So thank you, T. Dolphin. Shout out. Man, you are one dedicated listener, sticking with us all the way through to the very, very end. Please know that this podcast dies without you, and we invite you to share how the episode's impacting you, along with your thoughts, questions, and suggestions. You've been gracious with your time, so we added social media links in the show notes to make it super easy for you to connect with us. Be kind to yourself, stay cool, And we'll talk at you next time.